This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. And thank you for being with us in the Vedic Wisdom. I'd like to talk to you about what is the right attitude. Everybody has an attitude, <laughs> especially teenagers. At least that's what parents think. <laughs> and teenagers think, parents should have an attitude. <laughs> so there's many different types of attitude and some are easy to get by on, some are very difficult, some irritate people, some make people very happy. Everybody has their own unique attitude, and it's based on their accumulation of truth and knowledge. It's based upon their experiences, and it develops your individual attitude. That's fine. And it gives you a uniqueness in your character and in your expression and how you feel and how you act in any given circumstance. You can put five people in the same experience and they'll express themselves or act and provide an attitude about that experience, totally unique, each of them individually. So as individuals, having those individual attitudes is excellent, no problem, that's your right. This is the definition of an individual. You are unique. This is, we've talked about this before. This is what the Lord likes about all the multiple living entities. We are not all the same. So we bring to the table uh, a uniqueness. The same thing is true in our society. There's often uh, meetings where they call it brainstorming. What do you mean by that? Well, we bring all the different kinds of brains together and we kind of throw a subject into the mix and see all the different unique attitudes and point of views that come out of the people about that subject, or let's say about that problem. And we end up coming out with a solution to that problem or a method that satisfies others or many or all. So we bring this uniqueness to the table and it brings a spice to life. It brings a potency to conversation. It brings a potency to analysis. And it gives us fulfillment. We enjoy being able to express ourselves, to say, well, this is what I think. Well, I disagree with you. Well, I disagree with you. Well, I agree with you. Well, I agree with that. All of these things bring out our unique individual characteristics. And when you put 20, 30, 50, I don't know, pick a number, you put all these different people together in a similar subject matter or a similar problem solving and almost universally the problem gets solved and quick smart promptly because these different attitudes throw up the pros and cons and the yeses and nos and the rights and wrongs and we end up going oh that won't work oh that won't work well this would oh that would well, wait a minute, that would work oh, so would hey if we did it wait a minute what about this oh what about that and we solve problems and we improve 
everybody's lot. So this is the benefit of us being here as a society rather than all living as hermits alone. Because we end up mentally going in circles. I only have so many concepts and perspectives. I only have so much knowledge. I only have so much truth and realization. I can only go so far as an individual. But when I throw my contribution to the table and you and multiple other people throw their contribution, it's a much bigger pool of knowledge, of truth, of perspective, of attitudes. And we are much more potent. So, what is the best attitude? What is the right attitude? Well, according to the Vedic literature, excuse me, I wanted to find that, excuse me. I wanted to read this to you just briefly. Since our constitutional position is as servants, we are all involved in serving. And so we will either serve ourselves or our families or our friends or our society, as we're just discussing. And if we mature to the highest level, we will actually render service to God. So as conditioned as servants in this material world, we tend to struggle in trying to free ourselves from our own misconceptions or limited perspectives. And many times we try to lord it over someone else. No, you're not right, I'm right. No, that's not as good, that's inferior. My perspective is superior. And we compete for the lead, the dominant position. Now, this perspective is not encouraged in the Vedic literature because one becomes challenging and this is a symptom of being under the influence of the external material modes of nature that limit the poten potential of a living entity. And so if you're not going to be a servant of the Lord with your natural tendencies and characteristics, you will be a servant of the material world and you'll be involved in some occupational activity whatever wherever and you're rendering service in some way or not mentally physically uh, uh, financially uh, instructive a host of ways and a host of occupations that are all in the material tabernacle and they are not relative to the, your relationship with the Supreme Lord so these are called temporary. These are called artificial. And they lack that purity of full realization. So the real position of the living entity, as we just said, is to be a servant of the Lord. Well, what is the right attitude for the servant of the Lord? He has to be submissive. God is great. We are small and infinitesimal. We are predominated. He is the predominator. He's the boss. We're the employee. He's the master. We're the servants. So if we take that attitude, let me render some service. What would you like me to do? 
How can I please you? There are a multitude of sentences I could use there, but you get the point. We take a submissive, loving, and respectful relationship attitude. That attitude is what brings the Lord's attention. You can stand on the street corner and yell, God save me, God save me, God save me. And you have no idea whether he will or he won't. Of course he hears you. But whether he will or he won't, you don't know. But according to the Vedic literature, if you approach him with a submissive attitude, uh, how can I serve you? He will notice you. The Lord is waiting for all of us living entities to give up our independent, uh, uh, individual, aggressive attitudes, challenging attitudes is better, and to enter that submissive platform of you are the supreme personality of Godhead, please let me serve you. That brings the Lord's attention to you. I've stated before, it's stated in our line of spiritual masters, uh, act in such a way the Lord uh, sees you. Don't act in such a way that you can see the Lord. Well, this is what we're talking about. It's the attitude of submissive servant that the Lord notices. This is what the Lord is looking for. It's better to be perfect in your service attitude than to be perfect in your uh, uh, perspective, your contribution to society. You may uh, achieve uh, a perfection in your occupational duty, but that's uh, in your contribution social position. But that's all as temporary as your body. But if you become a perfect human being, this is simply done by developing the attitude of service to the Lord. In that service attitude, you find the perfection you're looking for. Not in the struggle for individualism, not in the struggle for recognition. Notice me, see this, look what I did. Well, I've just done this, I've just achieved that. I got a trophy, I got a lot of money. These things don't attract the Lord. They are all part of the conditional state of material nature and the influence of the body upon the living entity. They are all considered temporary. They are not actually attractive to the Lord. He is a supreme, transcendental, independent personality. He is not concerned with anything material. It is all inferior to him. He has no interest. But he has interest in you and me and us as his spiritual children. And what attracts his attention? What shows him that you're finished with this material struggle, with this material uh, endeavor to be better than the next guy, is when you develop a service attitude. When you recognize I am an eternal servant, I'm created in that capacity, and I can render service at any level, minor, selfish, very contracted, little more expanded or altruistic, any of these types of things, up to the point of I'm rendering service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When you get to that platform, he notices you. It's actually said he acknowledges you. 
So the multitudes, millions and billions and trillions of living entities that there are, how do you get the attention of the Lord? With the service attitude. How can I render service to you? What would please you? What can I do? I have this ability, I have this body, I have this mind, intelligence, I have this capacity and potency and experience and training and strength, etc., etc. How do I use it the way you want me to? How do I use it to please you? This is a mature human. This is someone who is beyond the selfishness of the animalistic propensities of life. This is a person who's above all the trivial nick, fighting and nicking and scratching for some sort of a return. This is when you're at the platform of a perfect human being and you make a perfect contribution to society when you've actually achieved the spirit, spiritual service attitude. Since God is totally spiritual and you are totally spiritual, this revival of this relationship, Lord, I'm your servant, how do I act to please you? That is a spiritual transition. You step off of the material platform and you're onto the spiritual platform. It is a completely different level and the result is superior in every way. So we want to improve, we want to do better. We want to be our best personality. We want to do as much good as we can. And it's described here in the Vedic literature that you do that by this service attitude to the Lord. Not to the boss, not to the teacher, not to the parents, not to any other aspect of society. You achieve that by having that attitude towards the Supreme Personality of God and the cause of all causes, Lord Sri Krishna, the absolute truth. That gets you recognized. And when the Lord sees that you are trying to become his servant, he is grateful and he's willing and he steps forward to assist you, to accept you. Here, I would like this service done. This service is described in the Vedic literature as nine process of devotional service. And it begins with hearing and repeating, chanting, worshiping, praying, offering prayers and obeisances, Surrendering everything, rendering menial servants. These things are all delineated in the Vedic literature that one can achieve perfection by using one of the devotional methods or by multiple devotional methods. You may not be skilled and proficient to do all or many, but you can do one. You can hear, you can listen, you can say, you can chant, you can speak. So they're very simple, and they're applicable to everyone. But you have to understand them through the spiritual master that these are full of spiritual potency. That's why they're called devotional service. And they lead to the perfection of life and consciousness for any living entity who follows these simple instructions. So our opportunity is in reading this Vedic literature and learning that purification is necessary. Purification of the misconceptions that society induces in me. The school is a mess. Many parents are a victim of the same school mess. The society, the media, the news, the government. It's all nonsense. It's all full of cheating, deception, uh, attempt for self-gain at your loss. Exploitation, that's called. 
All of these things don't add up to your perfection. So devotional service requires the perfection of this nonsense that's accumulated on you. Sometimes your own fault, sometimes not. Environmental, it's called. The environmental influences can contaminate you. People lie to you, and you don't know it. You find out later. Sometimes you don't find out. So this example of that is people who find out when they're, let's say, 30. Oh, you were adopted. (laughs) We're not your real parents. Hello. Talk about deceived. So this uh, social influence, these social uh, deceptions, confusion, illusions, lies, these things accumulate in us. And to actually see myself as an eternal servant of God and lovingly execute that service and revive my eternal relationship and render service to the highest quality of what does the Lord want, I require purification. I don't have any money. I'm not extremely smart. I don't have a lot of time. There are so many things that are distracting me. I need a method that is simple, that is effective, that could pull me out of the circumstances I'm in. That method has been awarded by the Lord in recognition of our position. The method is to chant the Maha Mantra. And the mantra itself has the descending potency from the spiritual strata to purify your consciousness such that you're able to liberate yourself from these misconceptions that we're talking about. You're purified, literally. The the accumulated dust and deception is dissolved by the vibration rate emanating from the Maha Mantra such that your pure self comes to the surface again. Nothing artificial. You're not learning. You're not growing. You're not changing. You're reviving. You're just taking off the nonsense that's accumulated over the over your pure heart, pure soul, pure knowledge for many, many births. Not just this one. Because the laws of karma and reaction, they cross over the threshold of birth and death. They go with you. So, so does much of the contamination and misconception. But the Maha Mantra dissolves them, irrespective of which lifetime they accumulated on you. This is a very powerful and liberating method that the Lord has delivered and it's free. It's usable anywhere. It's applicable to everyone because it purifies the material aspects off of your spiritual self because it is spiritual potency like you are. And it is designed in a vibratory way such that it dissolves inferior material contaminations. Just like a very powerful soap or degreaser. You've got stuff on your hands that is terrible toxic, dirty, black, filthy, penetrated every pore, and yet you put on a proper soap and it dissolves. It's gone. A little bit of water, a little bit of rubbing, a little bit of this solution, and 
all that dirt, all that contamination. Wow, I thought I'd never get that off. It's gone. Because the potency in the soap is such that it overcomes the contamination of the dirt or grease or oil you have on you. This is the situation with the Maha Mantra. The potency in the vibratory rate set up by chanting the Maha Mantra is such that it dissolves the results of sinful activities, of misconceptions, of deceptions, of distractions, of illusions, of any of this that you've accumulated over you knowingly and unknowingly. Because there's all sorts of things that happen we aren't totally aware of. You walk across a, a park and you keep stepping on bugs, ants, slugs, who knows what, spiders. You're killing all these little creatures and you don't even know it. So unknowingly, you could have ruined some little creature's life without intent, but still, there's a, there's a mark upon you. This is dissolved by the Maha Mantra. So none of us are free of contamination in this world. The place is a contaminated place of temporary activities and illusions. So to have a method, the Maha Mantra, that purifies all of those things off of you, like dissolve, it's not a struggle, dissolve, is a very quick, very effective means to become your original, pure, spiritual self again. Your heart is opened. You taste love of God. You taste the purity of your original ex existential existence. You become free from the contaminations the material world has been throwing at you, covering you with. This is a very powerful, very merciful method that frees us all. We simply have to hear and chant the mantra. And the potency is there. It has its own potency, like soap. It is the right stuff for cleansing you. The Maha Mantra is the right vibration for cleansing you. You become free from all the dirty things. So you put this Maha Mantra together with the instructions of the spiritual master on how to change your attitude from selfish to selfless and selfless to devotional. And you learn the method and you adopt the method and you rapidly make progress. The chanting is done every day, the regulated amount. You can chant five minutes, two minutes, four hours, all day long. It's your choice. And the purification will begin. It will be potent. And you get rid of all the contamination and you taste love of God because that's your natural condition to be a loving servant of the Lord. And you become a, a, an awakened loving servant again. And you're qualified to be a servant and stay a servant and return to the spiritual world where it's uninterrupted loving service in relationship to the Lord in association of other purified souls. Everybody is your friend. Everybody is a friend of everybody else. The atmosphere of love, the atmosphere of com uh, comradeship, the atmosphere of affection and understanding, and purity is everywhere. 
everyone is sharing it. It's not a misconception. It's not an argument. It's not artificial. It's a revival of the eternal reality. And this is being offered to you now. You have to just simply accept the simple method and adopt this method such that you're able and you're uh, empowered to use it for yourself and to share it with others and help them purify themselves and watch the beautiful characteristics of that person unfold before you just like the Lord is watching your beautiful characteristics unfold before him and he is happy this is what makes God happy when we living entities give up our struggle give up our selfishness give up our false ego give up our misconception our bad attitudes this is what makes God happy and that's why there's so many of us. The Lord is, is unlimited. He is great. And so he enjoys thousands and millions of living entities awakening. Ah, more awakening. They want to serve. Let me reciprocate. We serve. He's grateful. He reciprocates. We're grateful. It's a win-win situation. It's done indirectly. Where in the material world, everybody is struggling to achieve it directly. And it leads to frustration. It does not provide the result we're looking for. Many, 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 many people are frustrated in their life, in their job, in their family, in their activities, in their understanding. All over the world we have this. But when one comes to Krishna consciousness and he chants the Maha Mantra, and he understands his position and relationship with the Supreme Lord, and he adopts the correct attitude. I am an eternal servant of the Lord. How can I serve you? Let me render some service, please. I'll take whatever you have on offer. And you begin hearing from the spiritual master, and you chant the Maha Mantra for purification, and you adopt as many processes of devotional service as you are capable of, as you desire, as you wish. And the Lord is pleased by that endeavor. You only have to do one method. There's many, but you only need to do one. Or you can do many, if you're talented, or you're experienced, and you're determined. But the Lord is still fully satisfied and is fully reciprocates with you if you even do one. So this is the great boon, great benefit that's being offered to all the living entities in the material world to revive their pure spiritual purity. So we are encouraging you Read the Vedic literature, the Bhagavad Gita as it is, by our spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada. When I say our spiritual master, I don't mean those of us who are stu students of him. I mean all of the living entities in the human form of life. He is the empowered representative to all of the, those in the human form of life to give you guidance in this age. And he's there constantly trying to improve the situation and liberate you to your best satisfaction. So, please, use the Maha Mantra, develop the right attitude, and return to your normal, spiritual, happy condition of life. This is what the Vedic literature is encouraging you to do. 
the attitude of loving service is the perfection of human life, and you have the potency to do it. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.